Guys, to the third episode of Wrestling Recommendations. <laughs> I am your host, Yo, Eddie yeah. Shepard, along with the trivia losing Travis Laster. We did oh. not pull through tonight. I showed up about halfway through because I had to wait for the guy that hit my mailbox to come and be like, Hey, did we fix it to your specification? Yes, you Russian fuck. We did it. You did it right. Ooh. Someone hit your mailbox. I didn't know that. Yeah, this is the pictures I was showing Landry and Brandy, where they some girl got drunk, hit my mailbox, turned it over, the concrete like the brick column. She hit it, spun around, and fell down. Didn't break it though, but she fucked her Lexus up. Is what the guy told me. Good so. fuck her. <laughs> Travis Green, USA, reception. USA. Sorry, we had a great reception for the last two episodes. I know Scott was really excited that we mentioned him. Uh, in the Sting Cactus Jack episode. I know, and I was right. Scott did dress up as fucking Sting, and I knew it because <laughs> I know Scott. It wasn't Surfer Sting, though. It was just fucking uh, Crow Sting, which was it Brandon Lee? Was it Steve Borden? Who was I it? think everybody dressed up as the Crow Sting because it was very topical for our age group to dress up like Sting. So it makes sense. That's true. But this episode, the Mega Powers explode. Brother. Brother. Yes, this match, guys, that we're going to be watching tonight is from WrestleMania 5. The WWF champion, Macho Man Randy Savage. Oh, freak out, freak out, freak out. Yeah. Taking mm-hmm. on uh, the immortal Hulk Hogan. Well, while Donald Trump looks on and pleasures himself. I, I mean, I, I just think, I think that's what he did. I don't know. Uh, it's kind of weird if you, you'll notice that all the front row is all suits. It's all Trump's little guys in the front row. Travis, when was the first time you watched this match? I'd say probably around mid-1999. I got that WrestleMania anthology box set that was like 15 tapes um, that for Christmas that year. I think so. I think around, well, might have been Christmas before. Um, yeah. Anyway, I ended up with it like that, but I would sit there and watch those tapes religiously because I love wrestling. So I'd start WrestleMania 1 on a weekend and try to watch as many WrestleMania as I could. And then pick right up on the next weekend because I was a fucking cool kid. Um, but yeah, I, uh, that was probably the first time I remember sitting down and watching it and enjoying it. If I saw it before then, it was probably on like on a Coliseum video or something. That, but that's when it vividly, I vividly remember watching it was mid ninety nine. Yeah, my uh, my brother. Shout out to my brother who's thirteen years older than me. He's the oldest of four. I'm the youngest. Uh, they used to have a connection with a buddy of theirs, uh, my dad and uh, my brother, where um, he would record um, copies when they would air on pay-per-view. So as a kid, I grew up with, um, I believe the first tape we had was SummerSlam 88. So it was like right after I was born. Um, and we had WrestleMania 5, which was in 89. So I used to have this on a recorded tape. It was on a, like a Fiji tape i remember it having the like the, ye- the yellowish orange uh, sticker on it saying wrestlemania uh five 
I used that man. I used to have you're a lot a, of stuff. I had I had, I had you, could re- you could record eight hours of action pretty much if you yeah. set it like, like in the sh- the shitty mode. <laughs> I remember that. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think. It's like there was SP, which was short play, which you could get two hours out of a tape, and then there was LP, I believe, and then it was ELP, I believe, is what the other one was like extended long yeah. play. Yeah, yeah, or and then they just changed it to EP. So, like, it was shitty quality, but like you could get the most out of your tape that way. So, oh man, we're old. We used to do movies that way too. Porno. What? Well, yeah, yeah. Later on, when <laughs> I was older, but yeah, I used to. It was kind of the same thing. Like I would, um, I would watch them in order, so pay per view wise. So I'd watch the Rumble because I had all the Rumbles. Um, I believe all the way up till. 92 and then i had 93 on coliseum home video um but we used to oh, every time we'd order a pay-per-view we would record it so i always had them for the longest time on tape um super illegal but you know what fuck it well you also got some hidden gems that they edited out of tapes later on by that uh, pay-per-view feed if you still that's what a lot of people search for now is the pay-per-view stream or the pay-per-view feed from it so um, I know a lot of those torrent sites used to have it up where it'd be like pay-per-view, pay-per-view feed or non, non-Coliseum video feed. Yeah, I, I used to have all those tapes when I moved here from Florida. I left a lot of stuff in Florida. Um, I pretty much, my car that I had back in the day, my very first car, it broke down. So I never... Um, kept everything i kept i left it most of that in the trunk so when i moved i lost a lot of that stuff uh, so it kind of eats at me a little bit knowing that i left a lot of stuff and i mean it's gone forever but now we have peacock and we can watch all this stuff um and, it, and it's pretty cool so let's roll right into this macho man randy savage because he is the champion he gets the first little mention here randy poffo is a second generation professional wrestler His father, Angelo Poffo, was a well-known wrestler in the 50s and 60s. Randy also had a brother, Travis. Do you know what Lanny's gimmicks were? Uh, He was leaping Lanny Poffo. He threw fucking Frisbees, which Brandon... Is it Brandon or you that I bought the autograph picture of uh, old leaping Lanny with the Jerry Curl? It's me. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Um, There's He's the genius. He somehow gets a job but wcw and never wrestles a match um apparently he can suck his own d um there's, there's a allegedly but leaping lanny was uh just a jobber and then he turns into the genius and genius. manages mr perfect yeah then they pretty much say the money that um they were with the whole slim jim deal pretty much paid for savage show as like a gratuitous thing they just they paid lanny so kudos to lanny getting a a paycheck for like what, six years, also, something like that? Also, Randy got uh, uh, Angelo a job in WCW 95 for about six months with a terrible angle where yeah. he's in like figure fours and shit with the Dungeon of Doom and Flair and all that fun stuff. Yeah, definitely check that out on our other podcast, Wrestling Ruin, with our buddy Brandon Lene. Uh, uh, in the early 80s, Angelo Poffo would run an outlaw, outlaw mud show uh, International Championship Wrestling, ICW, uh, that featured Randy and Lanny. Uh, They infamously competed with Jerry Lawler's Memphis promotion as Randy would constantly call Jerry Lawler out on their television tapings. It's fucking wild that they were just doing it knowing that there was no endgame, but ironically, there was an endgame in the long run. Uh, 
Uh, eventually, the promotion would disband, and Randy, Randy and Lanny, I see Randy and Lanny, and it blended together, uh, entered the Memphis scene while there. Savage feuded with Jerry Lawler over the AWA Southern Heavyweight title, and he and Lanny would battle the Rock and Roll Express, which I would love to find some of those matches. Oh, my God. Imagine a young Rock and Roll Express. Short-haired Ricky Moore, that does not do it for me. Still still cross-eyed uh, Robert Gibson, though. Yeah, he had a huge dick. So good, good for him. God had a God had a blessing one way and curse him another. So there you go. <laughs> he could watch Ricky fuck and watch him for the fuck though. Whatever. <laughs> You're right. You're right. Uh, in early '85, Lawler and Savage would resume their feud over the Southern title, which ended when Lawler beat Savage in a loser leaves town match on June 8th, 1985. Shortly after that, a few uh, weeks after uh-huh. that. Uh, macho man menace savage uh would sign with vincent man's wwf and soon become the top hill uh he would eventually beat tito santana to win the wwf intercontinental champion and uh feud with george the animal steel into wrestlemania 2 over uh um his hairiness and miss elizabeth so there was that miss elizabeth looking fine Back in the day, pretty good. Yeah, uh, it's infamous that when Macho came in, all the managers were uh, trying to be his, be in his corner, be his manager, and there's like it's none of these people, and brings out Miss Elizabeth, and it was kind of a for the WWF, it was kind of a first of its kind. Women valets have been a thing for you know the NWA for years, uh, but in the WWF, you never really saw that, so it was something different. Yeah, and she was uh, labeled as a manager, not a valet, so. She's the first, was it first woman, first lady of wrestling? That's what they called her, essentially. And uh, she uh, just was bullied by Macho Man for about the rest of her life. Yeah, we'll we'll get to that to the very end. But (laughs) Savage would go on to face Ricky the Dragon Steamboat in the fabled match at WrestleMania 3. Everyone knows about this match. Everyone knows Macho Man and Steamboat put this match together on like a legal pad. Macho Man had like. 50 something spots. All right, we're doing a headlock into a an arm drag into this and that. And um some people, you know, frown upon that. I know a lot of people wrestling wise like to call it in the ring. This uh this shows, I know some people are very um mixed on this. I think it's one of the better matches. Uh, and especially for WrestleMania 3, because you know, the draw is Hogan and Andre, which we'll talk about that here shortly. But uh that's the match that everyone remembers. Well, and it's something we may talk about here in a minute too, but man, you go back and watch some of those old WrestleManias. They're not that good in retrospect. There may be two, three matches that sell the card. The rest is filler. Um, Randy Savage and Ricky Steamboat saw the opportunity to steal the show, and they did just that because they knew Hogan and Andre wasn't going to be a Matt Classic, but they were going to have all the eyes of the world on them. So they they cemented their name in history that night. With that yeah. match. And also wrestlers on that card, love that match. Also on that card, the Bulldogs took on the Hart Foundation. So there's another little hidden gem on that on that uh, mm-hmm. show as well. Of course, though. British, British Bulldogs forever! <laughs> this match would be the culmination of a long and bitter feud where Savage crushed the larynx of Ricky Steamboat. And he had those, I get it, promos, just like that. Uh, and Steamboat would defeat Savage ending his 14-month reign as Intercontinental Champion. He would shortly turn face in 1987. We'll talk about that here in just a second. Mm-hmm. On the other side of the ring, 
the immortal cuckster, as we like to call him, Hulk Hogan. Terry Bollea, brother. Terry Bollea began watching wrestling at 16 years old uh, while living in Florida and um, the Florida Championship Wrestling Territory. Uh, he grew up watching people like Dusty Rhodes and um, superstar Billy Graham, kind of, kind of the people he, he grew up watching. If, if, if you will. Else. If you will. If you will. Uh, in 1976, he would go on to meet uh, famed pro wrestler to us, Mike Graham, in a local gym. Uh, Mike <laughs> <laughs> broke, a, broke a thousand guitars, never drew a dime. Uh, it that, was just that infamy. gif of him sh- shaking his head, which it's I'm doing right now, but no one can see. In our group chat, somebody mentioned Mike Graham. I was like, hold that thought. We're going to mention him on the podcast. <laughs> so there was a, Mike would go on to introduce Hogan to uh, Hiro Matsuda, who would go on to train Hogan, according to Hogan, during their first training session, he said, so you want to be a professional wrestler? And he broke fucking Hogan's leg. However, it's hard to tell if this is true or not, because Hulk Hogan is infamous for lying, uh, just like he said he was going to be the basis for Metallica. Get fucked, you liar. He, he wrestled 400 days in one year. Because he was yeah, flying over the, the international date line. He's Fuck such you. Fucking Fuck cut. you. <laughs> Uh, in August of 77, he would go on to have his debut match. Do you know who his debut match was actually against? Was it Lawler? B. Brian Blair. Oh, God. That's pretty fucking, interesting, right? Fucking B. Brian, B. Brian Blair. It actually, worked out, it actually worked out for Hogan because um, um, Mike Graham's dad um, was actually one of the presidents of the NWA, so he had a lot of pull, so um, that, that kind of goes a long way. Um Hogan also talks that Mike Graham was influential getting him signed in WCW when he goes to leave. So there's a more connection to that. So that's kind of interesting. I didn't really know there was that much of a deep connection between him and Mike Graham. There used to be. He did. (laughs) Hogan (laughs) appeared on a talk show where he sat next to Lou Ferrigno. Uh, The host commented on how uh, Hogan dwarfed the Hulk. Soon after, he began performing as Terry the Hulk Boulder and sometimes wrestled as Sterling Golden. Did not mention any of the of the Eddie uh, Eddie Boulder and all that bullshit. I'm not doing it, yeah. Leslie, right now. We're uh, just not doing uh, it. D- Dizzy Hogan? Dizzy Hogan? What? Eddie Boulder? We're not doing it. <laughs> so uh, in 1979, Terry Funk introduced Hulk to Vince McMahon Sr. McMahon gave Hogan uh, Hulk the last name Hogan as he was obsessed with using Irish wrestling names just because he was a territory guy, wanted the Irish folks to come out and have someone to cheer for. At this time, Hogan wrestled Bob Backlund for the WWF Championship, uh, and he was uh, just beginning his first big feud with Andre the Giant as well. Um, They talk about the Shea Stadium match where he wrestles Andre and also uh, Zabisco wrestles uh, um, Bruno San Martino in the cage. So that was uh, the same show. Uh, after filming his scene in, for Rocky Three as Thunder Lips, he actually did this against Vince Senior's wishes. He was fired and would shortly debut for the AWA soon after, uh, which was owned by Vern Vern Ganya, who uh, if you talk to his son Greg, he calls him Vern. It's weird. It's weird calling their dads by their first name. I don't understand it because I think Shane McMahon does the same thing for Vince. Vince, like, oh, Vince. yeah. It's just weird. He's going to say, yeah, my dad. I guess it's a professional thing. I get it, but still, it's weird. Hogan would soon become the promotion's top babyface feuding with AWA champion Nick Bockwinkle and his manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Calm down, Travis. The Brain. The Brain. 
Uh, Hogan began to grow frustrated with Vern Gagne's unwillingness to give Hogan a larger share of his merchandise sales. The Hulkamania stuff was selling like crazy. Um, Vern was capitalizing on all of that. He also wanted a cut of his New Japan or his Japan dates as well, um, since he was you know heavily promoting him there. Uh, basically, he just wanted to make everything he could off Hogan because fuck the AWA. And, no, and, pe- and people are like, oh, man, what about AWA went out of business? Oh, <laughs> That's fucking why. Imagine if Hogan would have been treated correctly and treated well, and he never left. It would be a maybe, whole maybe different if, fucking world. Maybe if they didn't do a dusty finish every time he fought Botwinkle, take the belt <sighs> back away from him, then push Greg to the uh, freaking moon. Because everybody wanted to see the high flyer, Greg Gagne, hit a drop kick no the fuck they didn't they wanted his son to shut the fuck up and go back to minnesota you're right fuck you're you right. fuck you greg Ganya. fucking hogan at the time um they kept doing like travis was alluding to they would do these false finishes and um Vern kept doing it on purpose because he wanted the crowd to get to like oh just and then finally drop the title at the right time um which they which they would hogan would become champion and then shortly after he's like fuck this uh he was lured back uh to the wwf by vince jr vince mcmahon that we all know um who kind of went through and raided pretty much every territory of their stars um looking at bobby heenan uh, hogan gene okerlin all these people that he started aligning these stars to to make what would become the world wrestling federation uh, hogan would make his return to the wwf in december of 83 Hogan would go on to save Bob Backlund from a beatdown from the Iron Sheik. Less than three weeks later, on January 23rd, Hogan would win his first title, defeating the Iron Sheik in Madison Square Garden. Fucking wild that Backlund, the title the title was taken off Backlund on purpose to make Sheik a transitional champion and Hogan to defeat him. Well, it's just like Stan Stasiak and shit back in the day or Ivan Koloff or, or something of that nature. I mean, it's the same thing they used to do. I mean... That's what uh, superstar Billy Graham was originally going to be, but he was so fucking over and he had the rap, you know, and everything that he was, it was too easy. They didn't want to take him the belt off of him because essentially the WWF slash WWF was a babyface territory. They did not have heel champions unless it was to transition to someone else. And Billy Graham, I think he held it for like two and a half. Maybe not, maybe not that long. Maybe it was only like 11 months or something, but he held it longer than they ever intended him to. And then and he Bruno loses it to has, you know, like Bob back on. Bruno has this amazing fucking run as champion um, because he kept packing the house out. And kudos to them being a smart promoter. All you got to do is you, you have this, you know, um, this territory where you can constantly bring in new talent that's getting built up all over the country, um, getting all this experience. You bring them in, you do a run. Bruno, Bruno goes over. Bruno poses next guy, which is what they would essentially do with Hogan here. Uh, Hawkamania would begin running wild. We would see the rock and wrestling connection uh, with feuds such, you know, with guys like Roddy Piper, Paul Orndorff, and King Kong Bundy, uh, which would get us to WrestleMania three, where Hogan would take on Andre. Um, and he, um, you know, tore all the ligaments in his back. And um, when you think Bullshit. of, mo- when you think of moments, Andre being slammed by Hogan at WrestleMania three is probably one of the biggest moments in that, in the company's history match wise, not so much. Terry's like, I don't know. And I'm using Terry. Cause this is how I acted on that damn Hogan. Uh, I mean, Andre documentary on HBO that he didn't know if Andre was going to do business or not. And blah, 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 bullshit. Like, like the, he had wrote out the match on a 
notebook pad after he finds out that Savage and Steamboat have wrote their match out on a notebook pad. He like makes all this into a big, big deal for the HBO special. Fuck you. Now, now I will say fuck you to some of that, but I do believe that in his head, he legit did not know if Andre was going to go through with it or not. I do believe that. I think oh, yeah, even Vince, to- Vince said that as well. He used to give him shit in the like late seventies because Andre didn't like anybody that was almost a giant or deemed like the next guy because he was the guy. So I could see how he'd fuck with Hogan, but Hogan always embellishes everything because Hogan's Hogan, brother. Which is when you think about this, the trajectory of where we're gonna get with the mega powers here, uh, they're they're pretty much neck and neck. Uh, Hogan has this huge moment with Andre, and he defeats Andre at WrestleMania uh, three. And and Savage and Steamboat steal the show with this amazing match. Um, and they take the title off uh, off Savage, which Steamboat was supposed to have a longer run, um, but of course uh, Bonnie fucked that up for him. So uh, <laughs> we get the Honky Tonk Man having this huge run instead, which I agree with. I think if you have a um, heel heavyweight champion, your middle champion needs to be. Um, babyface and flip flop. You can't have both heel. I think it takes yep. away from the titles. That's just me. Um, Hogan would remain WWF champion for four years and thirteen days, only to lose the title in controversial fashion on the February fifth main event to Andre, which is did gangbuster numbers for uh, uh, NBC when they aired it on there. Uh, only and for Andre to good. We will never cover on this podcast. This it's not a great match. It's not a great. The match. angle's good. But the match is terrible. Yeah, Andre would then give the title to the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. And um, good old, uh, oh my God, I just. Uh, the Hebners? The, the Heb- yes, the Hebners. Um, but the president, Jack Tunney. Oh my God. Why Jack did I, I, blank, I blanked out on, on Jack Tunney. Jack Tunney was Brandon's president. Yeah, you're right. His prime minister. Uh, he would go on <laughs> to he would go on to strip the title, and we would get the tournament that would uh, culminate at WrestleMania four, uh, where Andre and Hogan would have their rematch, and it would end in a Schmalz double DQ, uh, leading for Savage to win the title from uh, Teddy Biasi. But what happened right before WrestleMania four? We actually get the Mega Powers. Oh, I think it's shake the hands. Oh man. Yeah. On Saturday night's main event in October of 87, Miss Elizabeth was able to get Hulk Hogan to save Randy from a beatdown by the Honky Tonk Man and the Hart Foundation. The Mega Powers were born. Hogan and Savage would uh, together rule the WWF for the next 16 months, which is wild to think that they they kept this. They didn't you know blow their load early on this. Because Hogan was filming No Holds Barred, brother. We'll you get can't blow that. your load when you're you're filming a cinematic classic. We'll get to that at the end of this episode. Uh, at WrestleMania 4, like I alluded to, Randy Savage defeated the Million Dollar Man in the finals for the tournament with help from Hogan. Hogan technically hit uh, Ted DiBiase with a chair, which would have been a disqualification. Fucking heel, brother. Fuck. It would have ended WrestleMania 4 on such a sour note if, if Ted DiBiase would have won the title, but I still think he would have been a great champion for someone to chase. That's just me. Same. Savage would go on to main event the very first SummerSlam with Hulk Hogan, defeating the Mega Bucks, which was Andre and Ted DiBiase with Bobby Heenan in the corner. Jesse Ventura as the guest referee, and uh, a nice distraction from Liz and her bloomers, um, which um, <laughs> is kind of the main thing from that match. Brother, you forgot the best outside accompaniment in the whole match. 
Yeah. Um, Virgil, meat, baby. Meat sauce was there. Meat sauce. <laughs> meat sauce himself. This is probably the only time Virgil will get a mention on this podcast as well. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Brutus Beefcake, because we're never covering one of his shitty ass matches either. You're right. You're right. Paracelli's right <laughs> to his fucking face, buddy. Uh, this is where, though, at, at SummerSlam, where the friction would start to begin, where Macho um, would see, you know, you would see Hogan kind of tap Miss Elizabeth's ass. Was it on accident? Was it on purpose? I think it was on purpose because fuck Hawk Hogan. Same. <laughs> the mega powers in his eyes. Yeah, lust in your eyes, Hogan. The Mega Powers would go on to be sole survivors in the main event of Survivor Series 1988. After the match, Hogan began acting friendly towards Elizabeth, which would clearly upset Macho Man. Jesse Ventura would pick up on this and would be uh, interviewing Savage right after the incident. I have that clip right here. Me and Gene, I'm here in the dressing room with undisputed World Wrestling Federation champion Randy Macho Man Savage. Macho Man, I got a question for you. When you won the Survivor Series and you were standing in the middle of the ring with Elizabeth between you and Hulk Hogan, raising both your hands in victory, I saw Hogan peering out to the crowds like he always does. I saw Elizabeth enjoying the adulation. But Macho Man, I saw something a little different in your eyes. What was going on, Macho? Oh, you saw Jesse Ventura was the eyes of determination, yeah. And I'm possibly the eyes of victory, yeah. The eyes of victory and the eyes of determination is what was happening at that particular moment, yeah. You got nothing on me, man, no. Uh-uh. Won the match, yeah. I understand victory. I understand determination, Macho. But I saw something else. When that match was over and the lovely Elizabeth was up in that ring with Hulk Hogan. And Hogan had the 24-inch pythons wrapped around her, Macho Man. I don't want to know what was in your eyes. I want to know what was going through your mind at that moment. What was going through my mind at that moment was to be the sole survivor, which I was. One man was the sole survivor, and that was the Macho Man Randy Savage, yeah. World Wrestling Federation champion, yeah. That's what I am now, and that's what I am now. Yeah, now I am. That's okay, man. Not right now. I'm going to tend to some uh, new business right now. You understand that? I'm done here, man. I'm done here, yeah. I'm the sole survivor, yeah. New business? I think there's a little bit more to all of this. Back to you, Mean Gene. (laughs) I'll be honest with you. When I watched this, I did not uh, realize this, you know, kind of preparing for all this, that that clip existed, and it was on Daily Motion. I could not even find it on YouTube, which is pretty cool. Their domination would uh, begin to end on January 7th, 1989, during the Saturday night's main event. 19? Sorry, Roman numeral numbers throwing me off today. As Hogan was beaten uh, by the Twin Towers after his match with the Keen. Savage came out, cleared the ring with a steel chair. Elizabeth then took Hogan to the backstage area, which angered Savage. Problems increased further in the Royal Rumble match, where Hogan accidentally eliminates Randy Savage as he was trying to eliminate Bad News Brown. On February 3rd, Hogan and Savage faced the Twin Towers in a tag team match filled with controversy. Akeem threw Savage on top of Elizabeth, which is a fucking amazing bump to watch. She made Mm -hmm. that look devastating, knocking her out cold. Hogan picked her up, took her to the backstage, leaving Savage out there alone to face the Towers. Savage would famously attack Hogan in the back while he was attending to Miss Elizabeth. 
great stuff except for Hogan saying, are we live? Are we live? Are we live? You keep hearing him say, are we ready? And then Savage barges in there, hits him with a fucking uh, championship belt. Great shit. Hogan would say that he doesn't know where Savage is coming from with all these accusations. Tra- uh, Travis got this awesome audio for me for Macho Man. And here's what Macho Man had to say about it. Yeah, I should have known from the very beginning. From what you said. Yeah, when the mega powers were formed. Yeah, what you were out for from the very beginning. Yeah, you were after what was mine. Elizabeth, my manager, lost in your eyes. I remember what you said. You and I are fighting for the same lady, brother. She's my lady too, brother. Mm, yeah, that one was rough. Those words right there. Yeah, I got stuck, yeah. But I swallowed it anyway. Didn't like the taste, but I swallowed it anyway, yeah. But I remember the time against the conquistador, yeah. When there was a conquistador out of the ring. And I was beating that first conquistador, and I could have beat the other. And guess who shows up? Yeah, to steal the madness of spotlight. The one that's so jealous of the World Wrestling Federation champion that he can't stand it, yeah! Yeah, you came in there with your poses, yeah, but you made a big idiot out of yourself, yeah. And speaking of idiot things, what about that stupid idea you came up with for SummerSlam, huh? Did you forget that one? Think back, Hulk Hogan, yeah. Think back back to your past and what you've done and what you've said. That's when we'll give Elizabeth the high sign. And as she undoes, the Velcro fly on the back of her skirt. It takes the skirt off. Underneath the skirt, our secret weapon. Oh, yeah, once again, hard to swallow that stupid idea, Hulk Hogan. But the thing that was the capper here, the thing that I couldn't swallow that just made me throw up, was at the end of SummerSlam, yeah. Behind my back! Love me like a brother, I got proof right here, yeah. You got lust in your eyes and in your black heart for Elizabeth. I got the proof! That right there sealed your fate, yeah. It put the madness over the edge, yeah. And when the moment of truth comes, in WrestleMania 5, yeah, you're not taking anything that's mine, yeah. You're not taking my manager, Elizabeth, because she'll be in the madness's corner. And what else have I got that you want, yeah? The World Wrestling Federation Championship belt. And you're not getting that either, yeah. Because when I crawl through those ropes, yeah, and you Look into the madness's eyes, yeah! You're gonna start to shake, Hulk Hogan, because I know everything about you. I know your strengths, and I know your weaknesses, yeah! And my eyes are the eyes of victory, yeah! And I will not be denied! Love me like a brother! I'm gonna get you, yeah! What are you gonna tell all your Hulkamaniacs in front of that capacity crowd, in front of zillions and zillions of people? all over the world when they know that Hulkamania is dead. The lust in your eyes, Hogan. The lust in your eyes. Hot dog and grandstander. Mm-hmm. Hogan's promos. Love me, go- love me like a brother. 
so <laughs> it's, fucking good, dude. It, it's really good. They don't they don't do promos like this anymore. It's just it's really good. The build for this is so fucking great. Hogan's promos would go on to make him seem like the heel and less like the babyface. Listening back to everything Hogan says, Hogan literally says, "Savage, you were holding the title for me because I was filming a movie. The only reason you were champion is because I let you be champion." That is a fucking heel move, dude. Now back in. Like grown up eyes, this whole situation, Hogan's the heel. Macho Man's just trying to protect his title and his woman from uh, Hulk Hogan's 10 inch dick. Like, that's what's, what's happening right here. He's trying that was to hold Terry's dick. That's Terry's dick. <laughs> no, 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 Terry's is smaller than that. Gotta get it right. Gawker, Gawker got it con- construed. But, like, I, shout out to Bruce Pritchard's podcast on the Mega Powers. I think it's like their second episode where they break this down like frame by frame, essentially. And like, I never realized how much Hogan messed with Elizabeth uh, until I listened to that podcast that time, because they planted seeds for a year, essentially with him, like hand on Liz's back, the hug turns around macho man, very subtle macho man sees him hugging. And he's like, what the hell brother? And then like, it's it's grade A storytelling, like fucking soap opera shit. If you really want to sit down and think about it, but Hogan's the fucking heel, whether people want to think of it or not. He's yeah, the heel. I, I'm gonna I'm, I'm about to air a promo right here from Hogan. This is right during WrestleMania five, so this is gonna air right a little bit before their match. And tell me what you guys think: is he the heel or is he the baby face in this? A year ago at this time, at WrestleMania 4, you were at the side of the Macho Man when he became the undisputed World Wrestling Federation champ. One year later, here in Atlantic City, you're going to be challenging this very same man for the world crown. Well, you know, you're exactly right, Mean Gene. One year ago, brother, me and the Macho Man were as one. We were best of friends. We would do anything to win together, brother. And if you would have told me one year later, right in the very same place that it started, in the Trump Plaza, that we'd be locking horns, going head on head for the WWE Championship, I'd have called you a liar, me, Gene. But you know something? I should have seen this thing coming, man. As the mega power team was formed, brother, as the summer slams, as the Survivor Series went down, as the mega power started growing together, the mania was a little bit ahead of the madness, man. But it really didn't matter. You were either in or you were either out, brother. You either believed or you didn't, man. And you were either ready or you weren't. The macho man made me feel that he believed in the three demandments of the prayers, the training, and the vitamins. He made me believe that he was in my corner, me and Gene. And he also made me believe that he was ready to fight all odds. That's why I stuck with him, brother. That's why we stayed together so long. You know, as that relationship with the mega powers deteriorated even further, Macho Man Randy Savage went so far as to attack your Hulkamaniac. Oh, yeah, he did more than just attack the Hulkamaniacs, brother. He went so far as to put our manager, the lovely Elizabeth, right between us, man. It was him that was eaten alive by the jealousy. It was him that was eaten alive by the lust, brother. It was a simple fact that the Macho Man couldn't be the man that all my Hulkamaniacs wanted him to be, brother. He couldn't handle the load. He couldn't handle the pressure. But what really 
really tore us apart was the way he was so jealous of Hulkamania, the way he put Elizabeth between us, the way he manipulated her, the way he twisted this whole beautiful thing around. But I found out one thing, Macho Man. You're not a believer in the demandments, mother. Brother, you're a cheap shot artist. You take whatever you can get as quick as you want. You were never in my corner. You were always on the outside waiting for me to make the first move. But just like Donald Trump, macho man, I hope you're ready, brother, because Donald Trump has questions in his own mind. He sent a whole team of seismologists out here to check the foundation of the Trump Towers, because when the mega powers explode off the launching pad, brother, as we erupt over the whole Atlantic City, he was worried about the foundation. He was worried that the thousands of people in the arenas might become unseated and swallowed by the Earth. Donald Trump, don't worry about my Hulkamaniacs. They're survivors. They're ready. But you, macho man, I don't care where you stand. I don't care what you believe in. All I want from you is your best. I want you to be ready. I want the macho madness to be at its peak. Because when Hulkamania rules, when Hulkamania lives forever, when Hulkamania puts you down on your knees, I want the whole world to realize that I beat you at your best. And at the end of WrestleMania, Five. I will be the World Wrestling Federation Champion. And what you gonna do, Macho Man, when the whole world full of Hulkamaniacs destroy you? Something Hogan says during this is that he put the Hulkamaniacs on hold for the Mega Powers. That, to me, right there, makes him the fucking heel. He's saying that it was an inconvenience for him to team with Macho Man. He has his belt. He was holding that belt because I was filming a movie. Fuck Hulk Hogan. Yeah. Yeah. That makes him even more the heel. But like, and, and everything Jesse Ventura says in the promo we listened to before this ends up being fucking true. And like Macho Man doesn't want to see it. And then when he does see it, he's the bad guy because it's just like when Hogan eliminates him from the Rumble. You can't tell me Hogan didn't know Macho Man was under Bad News Brown when he throws him out. You could see his orange fucking tights. The fucked up thing is, you'll notice it in this match as well when we get to this match here shortly. Gorilla Monsoon has to cover for things that Hogan's doing to make him mm-hmm. seem like the, the baby face. And then Jesse Ventura keeps saying, well, Hogan's the fucking heel the whole yeah. fucking time. And he's right. And it, it's just it's just funny as an adult to watch this stuff back to be like, oh, shit. Like, Hogan's the fucking heel. Savage is the baby face. Hogan's the asshole. And we just didn't see it because we were little Hulkamaniacs. Vince brainwashed us. I mean, literally, that's what he did. He brainwashed us to think Hogan was the good guy, which is funny because in real life, Hogan's kind of a cuck. So before, guys, we actually watch the match, we're going to take a quick commercial break and we will be right back with you. We believe the mat is sacred. Honor is real. And everything is discussed under pure rules. My name is Ryan, one half of the Wrestling Purist Podcast. We review all things wrestling and don't pull any punches. We do an episode every Sunday where we go back and watch a pre-2020s pay-per-view and then talk about it in the segment we call the Retro Review. I also do an episode every Friday morning in our WIN series, WIN just stands for Weekend News. It gives me an opportunity to 
freely shoot on 10 news topics from the past week. I also do pay-per-view predictions and reactions to large breaking news stories like Tony Khan being the new owner of Ring of Honor Wrestling. You can find us on all major podcast streaming platforms. Check out our Twitter page at the WP underscore pod. That's T-H-E-W-P underscore P-O-D for all updates. Our pinned tweet has other links as well, like our merch store and how to support our show directly. Remember, whether you agree with us or not, we're right because we are the Wrestling Purists. And we're back, guys. So the biggest thing right now is go ahead and pull out your Peacock. Get your Peacock app up. You're going to go to WrestleMania tab under Premium Live Events. You're going to go to Season 5, which is stupid. I hate that they do it like that. I guess I get why they do it, but it's stupid. Not a fan. Um, But you're going to go to WrestleMania Not a fan. Not that fan. That's a that's a deep deep cut right there, buddy. <laughs> so so Ray Kaiser special. And uh, you're going to go to the three hour nine minute and thirty nine second mark. You're going to see Sean Mooney out here with some Ravage fans. Um, it's actually pretty interesting. It's pretty funny because he starts like shoving people away towards the end of it because they're all up on him. All right, guys, and we're gonna we're gonna say three, two, one, play, and we're gonna start playing. Three, two, one, play. Oh, look at this guy right there in the front. Look, look at this guy. <laughs> it's just jumping in front of the camera. Watch him. You're going to see him. We're going to get a fade of black here. That's why we have so much security now because of shit like that. The crowd was You're... pretty split for this match, though. Yeah, I agree. Um, the entrance looks pretty cool. Just some quick tidbits about WrestleMania 5 as Macho Man makes his entrance here. Uh, WrestleMania 5 would take place April 2nd, 1989 at Trump Plaza in Atlantic City, New Jersey. Technically, it was the Boardwalk Hall next to Trump Plaza, um, but this was the second year in a row they did this. WrestleMania 4 and 5 are the only two WrestleManias to be consecutively held back-to-back in the same venue, which is interesting. Mm -hmm. The attendance... Go ahead. Real quick. Macho wearing that dual plate WWF title that has the silver behind it oh, that you yeah, didn't really see much. Uh, it's pretty much it's pretty much exclusive, I think, to Macho Man's reign because it goes back to all gold with Hogan. But it's it's very good looking title and just the security right here having to keep people off these guys. They really should have made the entrance ramp a little bit wider, which comes into yeah, play with Miss Elizabeth here in a second. I think they're trying to maximize how many people they could pack in there because their attendance, 18,946. That is a lot of people. Look at Savage, man, looking so yeah. fucking beautiful in there. But you got to think that's a step down. You got to think from WrestleMania 3 with the 93 supposed thousand people in the uh, building. But like they had to have, they had to make a shit ton of money off these to come back, you know, back to back. Oh, yeah. So, the buy rate for this show, um, from the notes I've read, um, seven hundred and sixty-seven thousand buys. Seven hundred sixty-seven thousand buys, which is insane. Is that just on pay-per-view? Is that just on pay-per-view, or does that include closed circuit? 
I'm assuming that's pay-per-view and closed circuit. I'm not, I'm not, you know, hundred percent sure, but the next pay-per-view to beat that, do you want to take a guess what it was? It's gotta be a WrestleMania and it's probably going to be in the Austin era. Uh, 17, 15. Hmm. Yes. That makes sense though. 10 years later. Um, the the next uh, WrestleMania 14 was very close to beating it. You see Pat Patterson here walking Miss Elizabeth out. Um, he's you know, got his Mach- arms over her, which is well. I think he's worried wild. about fans trying to trying to grope her. You know what I mean? So I get that. But like you said, do you think it would make this a little bit wider? And Even if you just took like one little gorgeous row, it's a beautiful dress. Gorgeous here. Also, I know uh, Jesse Ventura points this out, but. Uh, I hate that Macho Man came out first. Yes. I hate that he yes. came out, out first and Hogan gets the it, it goes into Hogan being the heel and he's the bigger star, so he gets the second entrance. It's all fucking hillish. Yes. Uh Jesse Ventura compliments him on being a great champion, which he was. He did not have a whole lot of feuds. He didn't I mean, who did he really have to feud with heel wise? DiBiase was pretty much it. Twin Towers. But like you really think about it, man. Did he have a singles? Title defense on pay per view? No, because maybe he, he won the title. They had SummerSlam, Survivor Series, and he was in the Royal Rumble match. So they they could have made you know him be in the uh, defend the title at the Royal Rumble. But like uh, Jesse Ventura says, you know, why did Savage come out first as the challenger always comes out first instead of the champion? They wanted that Hogan pop. I get Which it. I love but it. still, but. Hogan with a fucking weird skullet haircut here, by the way. He is so short, um, jacked to the fucking gills, bud. He does. This is an iconic shot right here. They always, they always put this in uh, videos for Hogan, like when he's coming down right there. That's an iconic shot. That's a very cool Him shot. With Savage, all the fans around. Yeah, Savage on the on the fucking mm-hmm. ropes, pointing at Hogan as he's coming out. Gorilla says Hogan was the first one to congratulate. Macho Man on winning the title. Jesse calls him the luster. I think it's fucking amazing. <laughs> fucking love Jesse Ventura. His commentary is underrated. He's better here, though, in the 80s than he is on the Sting um, Cactus Jack match. But him and Gorilla just flowed so well together, which it, it pains me to say that I always thought that Gorilla and Heenan were better than Gorilla and, and Ventura, but they're really good. Yeah, they're good. They're, they feed off each other very well. Um, Jesse also calls Elizabeth a gold digger, which I think is fucking funny. And uh, something here that we that we've noticed didn't notice for years, which is the normal now. But Savage has Velcro on his title belt, and I did not know that for years mm-hmm. uh, until someone point. I can't remember who pointed it out. I don't know if it was Bruce talking about it. Somebody mentioned it, and I said, "Holy shit!" Like you look and see it on the back there. There's no there's no snap plates. It's, it's easier for him to take off, which I think it is Bruce that points it out. Also, quick point out that this attire and all this with the robe is, was made into a resin statue WWE shop sold last year. Um, yeah. This whole outfit was. It's fucking gorgeous. The belt's gorgeous. Savage was dressed to the nines all the time. Can't can't say he wasn't. Yeah, especially at WrestleMania 4. People always forget that he dressed four different sets of gear. Four different robes, everything at WrestleMania, which is, is really cool. Even Liz, even Liz, Liz. 
Yep. Even Liz. So I do, I do want to, I do want to point out that if you, if you break down matches, Hogan does not have a whole lot of just wow me matches. It's always kind of pretty simple shit. Beat down. Hogan gets the, gets, you know, the heel gets the upper hand. Hogan makes the comeback, you know, boot, punches, boot, leg drop, three. Um, what would you say if you had to give you uh, even like a f- top five Hogan matches that you can think of? This match is in it. Um, I think this is one of Hogan's better matches, but it's because he's working Randy Savage and Randy Savage is going to make him work. Um, man, if you think about it, you're going to have to include Japan stuff if you're talking about match matches because he was a, he actually worked in Japan. He had his... We always talk about Bret Hart had a routine. Hogan had a routine. Um, like you said, Hulk up, three punches, boot, leg drop. I mean, just getting to that point was the problem. But um, basic punch and kicks. Like I know our friend Jeff on the Wrestling Pierce gives Sting shit for punches and kicks, but Hogan's just as bad. Oh, punches yeah. and kicks. It's body slam. That's about it. But um, you'd, you'd have to look at his matches with Hogan, even his matches with Flair, maybe in WCW. But it was more about the story with Hogan and the fan reaction than it was about what went on in the matches. Yeah, I'd say. Memorable, memorable matches. This one, with the build alone for this match, uh, makes this match worthy of being on our podcast. And it is one of the better matches of Hogan's. To me, it's actually one of the – it's not as good of a match for Savage. I feel like I've seen Savage in better matches. Um, mm. I would say Hogan and Rock for pretty much the same mm. reason. The crowd and the build um, was another reason why that match was so good. I could put that in my, my top five Hogan matches. Also, that uh, the match that we watched on Wrestling Ruined with Hogan and Vader, um, I believe it was at Super Brawl is a pretty damn yeah. good match. And as much shit as people give the warrior, his you could you could tell Hogan could wrestle if he wanted to because he put Warrior in his best match he ever had at WrestleMania 6. And the build to that match was great too. Um so I would I would throw the Hogan Warrior match from WrestleMania 6 in there as well. Uh his match Seven, with Sting at Starcade could could have been huge, but they fucked it with overthinking it and screwy finishes and sting not having a tan brother yeah uh, jesse ventura says during this match who the hell was elizabeth before she got with macho man love it as well <laughs> it's great stuff like ventura's is he's trying to make him the heel hogan's out there hamming it up with um uh former president donald trump which is fucking wild to say uh knowing that he's in the front row here look at all the businessmen in the front row it looks so out of place and like you just <sighs> But they're having like a good it. time, though. I get, I give it to them though. They're having a good time. I did like the fact that that Savage did use Liz there as like a way to stop Hogan, which is was a heel move, but still, you know, good little move there from Savage. Sa- Both these guys in great shape though, tan to the fucking fucking top. They'll oh, spin God, around, yeah. drop toe hold right there. Uh, some, something too that you um. We, we've alluded to with Hogan, even his promos with Hogan kind of being the heel. Hogan wrestles like a heel. Like, it's weird mm-hmm. seeing him put a headlock on in this match. It's fucking weird to see this. Um, but Hogan has always worked as a heel, even when he was technically a babyface. Savage with the back body the, drop here. The fans just ate it up, though, because they the way they put it over is that 
he was given the heels a taste of their own medicine kind of thing, but he wrestled like a heel from he the eye rakes foot back scratches, um, foot like, uh, he does the boot here where he puts it on Savage's face and twists it like stuff like that. Very heelish. So I just, um, I've always thought Hogan wrestled like a heel. Like he hasn't, he hasn't been a, in a, like a wrist lock. It's weird to see Hogan actually work. Because I feel like, it, like I said, it's just a routine. Hogan would go out there. He'd do some punches and kicks. He'd get the beat down. Um, he'd get the, the he'd ham it up a little bit with the crowd, do some you know, like clotheslines and shit. And then he would get worked over, and then it would build up to his, his big comeback. Um, it, now Savage is kind of taking the upper hand. But it's, it's weird to see Hogan work like that. Savage yanking you gotta, the hair, pulling him down. you got to think the last three manias, though, he's wrestled Andre twice. And King Kong Bundy, so he he's just fought monsters. The first time he did wrestle, you know, Piper and Cowboy Bob in a uh, no Piper and Orndorff in the main event. So that those guys were workers. But you think about it, they always just had a heel factor for Hogan to body slam and leg drop. That's all it was. It, That's what the fans wanted to see. The 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 telling thing about this is the amount of pay per view buys this this show got, and it was it you can't even argue. It's off this match. This is what sold the pay-per-view. And it was masterful storytelling from a company that is terrible at telling stories. And um here quick question for you right here. Name another match. I can only name one more off the top of my head. And it, it's <laughs> exactly. the Intercontinental title match. And it's it's Warrior yeah. and Rude. It's because Rude wins the title. That's the only way, the only reason I remember. Um the only other match I remember, and it's because I saw it when I watched this pay-per-view. Or when I watched this match was Heenan and Red Rooster. And I wouldn't have known that was on the show if I hadn't seen it. If I hadn't seen it. He's pulling Hogan's hair right here. Because doesn't Jake wrestle Andre and Big John Studs, the referee? Watch this. Watch this spot. Oh, he throws Hogan out. And this is a very interesting point between you and me. Because Hogan gets busted open. But Hogan gets busted open the hard way here. And as I watched this mm-hmm. match back, even as a kid, I never saw where Hogan got busted open until you brought up this point. Where do you think he got busted open? I uh, did some detective work, and I think it's he gets busted open when he pulls Randy over the top of him. His boots, yep. maybe the flap or the uh, the laces or something, catch him and slice him up kind of like a paper cut almost. Those or his boots left have eye. The, yeah, have the ridges on them. Like, you know, it's almost like a paper it can be sharp. So when he, he pulled him over his head, he cut his eye. I think that's what where it happened. Yeah, it's the only it only way he could have happened. It's the only way it could have happened because there's no there's no way there's no room for him to blade. There's no reason for him to blade there. So it had to be a hard way. Yeah, and uh, he's already doing some of that heel shit. He did the the foot like rake with his you know, with his boot over the eyes of, of Macho. Um, he almost pulled Savage's gear down on that spot too, which I. I don't remember that spot until I watched this back. It's been so long since I've watched this pay-per-view. Um, but like you said, there's oh, there's Hogan. They're actually showing the blood too, which is weird to see yep. in this time frame of WWF because they would not do that, you know? Yeah, and the fact that it's just there kind of adds a little bit to it. But you could tell, like, like when Hogan bleeds at WrestleMania, is it seven when he wrestles uh, Slaughter? You could tell he did that one. Because he oh, bleeds yeah. a crimson mass. Like this one's just a little cut, and it does get more as 
blood as they go because just the adrenaline and everything going. But like they right now, they would have stopped the match probably in in our age now. But this added just a little bit to it. Yeah, I and like even it. even gorillas like it's the hoax are bleeding, and then they go into like trying to figure out where, where he he got him at. Yeah, he I hadn't I couldn't pinpoint when it was and then you right after that happens is when you start to see it and it's funny because when that spot happens gorilla monsoon says that he defends hogan for doing it for grabbing the tights mm-hmm. and throwing them out he said he was using it for leverage and jesse ventura calls him out on it he's like what do you mean it's like if randy would have done that that would have been cheating and then he gorillas yep. is like will you stop <laughs> it's great though like that they had that where they could bounce back and forth and he called them out on it like and just the fans, the flash bulbs, man, we don't get that anymore. The flash bulbs on the screen and leaving that little little spot on the table. Yeah, I was about to, I was about to say you can, if it, if when the um they pan up to the lights, it like freezes the like the picture quality. It's it's weird. Mm-hmm. It leaves it like right there in the corner, left the like the lines of it. It's 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 wild watching old wrestling. Any like anything old like this, like it's just, it's, just people will never understand. Like right there, like the whole lights across the screen. Oh, trying to cheat there. Yeah, he he. Uh, Jesse even says, you know, Hogan's the bigger guy, but he says that you know it's Hogan's momentum that took him over on that. That actually helped him get out of it too because he was he rolled through it so fast. It's like little things they were saying to make make the match make sense, and I like that. And and Liz doing her part, just staying in the neutral corner, not not doing anything. There's Hogan groveling. Like I'm pretty sure Jesse says, "Oh, look at him groveling at the feet of Macho Man." And Savage punches Macho him square the- on that yeah. fucking cut, dude. Like, yeah, he's drawing more blood. He's like, "Well, you're already bleeding. Might as well fucking make the most of it." Let's use it. But see, even Hogan uses the close fist and stuff later, which is something Jesse points out. Like Hogan wrestles like a heel, but they always defended it because he was giving it back to the quote-unquote heel of the match. But Savage still has his fans. Look, there's people out there cheering for him right now. I yeah, mean, at, the end of, at the end of the show, there, there's a little bit of trash thrown at Hogan, which is is kind of telling um, that the, the tide's going to start to shift uh, with what people are wanting. slapped him. You got to think, man. I mean, we weren't, we weren't, you know, we were, you know, I was what, like a year Young. old? No, I was not even a year old yet. Like you were, I was you were over two. a year old. Yeah, almost yeah, two. A year and a half. So, yeah. so can like, you imagine what it would have been like? You've already been through this is the fifth WrestleMania and Hogan's your top guy each time. Don't you think you're probably burned out on it as well? Like if you're well, our so age now. My, this is my brother's kind of like your brother's era. Like this is when he, he was really big into it. And uh, he's the one that got me into it because he was watching it as the older I got it. You just came kind of a ritual. But um, he said he was burnt out on Hogan. Like he had started watching like the NWA and stuff, and he was Road Warrior fan, Flair fan. Like this at this point, I didn't notice that that they tore the uh, apron yeah, down. Yeah, the apron down. I know I have that in my notes. Uh, that he just he just fucking hoofed him over the top rope, which would have been DQ and WCW. Fucking Bill Watts. But my brother was more of a Savage guy than he was a Hogan guy, and um, he said he could remember this angle and like people thought more of um that. It was more Hogan's fault than it was Savage's here because if he had just left well enough alone, none of this would have ever happened. Well, if you think Hogan about had, it, Hogan wanted to get the title back, man. 
If he would have not messed with Liz and stuff, there wouldn't have been that rift. Look at this guy in the front there. You see him? <laughs> he's so excited. God, I never I noticed I, that I until I watched his back. Like, yeah. I wish I could feel like that again about wrestling sometimes. Yeah, I, I feel like every once in a while it, it does happen. Uh, I get that way sometimes at NGW shows. Like I, I will talk about at the end of the, this show um, with – um, some of the matches, I, I kind of get lost in it and like become a fan again. It's fun. I like Liz gets in the way here. He's trying to. He's about to javelin, you know, Savage and Savage don't care. He's whoop. how wild would this match have been if Elizabeth turned heel on Hogan and helped Savage win the match? That would have been great, but they didn't have the balls to do that back then. They just did not have the balls to do it. Because Liz was a merchandise pusher. If you think about it, man, they sold posters of her back in the day. She was on oh, the yeah. cover of magazines, all that shit. But you got to think they didn't have any other women that could do that. Except maybe Sherry, but she wasn't. She was deemed a heel, so people weren't buying her stuff. Cool mullet kid back there, by the way. Oh, they're fixing the, the apron. Did you see that? Yep. Do you see it now? I do like that the ref throws Liz out. Yeah. She becomes... Because- a distraction. I do he, like he that. Pull, he, he pulls him off. He says, you, back to the ring. You, get out of here. And they, they, they move her to the back. Pat Patterson actually moves her to the back here. Mm-hmm. I like to think Macho Man was okay with it because he knew that Pat was a, was a homosexual and went and tried to hit on Liz. Probably. That's the only reason he... Sincerely. Like, gonna let, are they going to let one person do it? And it's Pat. That's it. And it is funny because Macho's going to go to the top here and he, he's going to hit this patented. He, he did it for years. No wonder his knees didn't blow out on him like sooner where he would die from the well, very top rope to a double axe handle and catches Hogan's throat on the uh, guardrail. That That is something like masterful selling by Hogan there. But we and you've talked about that before. He did that night after night after night after night. How he did not blow his knees out before he blew them out in 1998 is beyond me. No, I think he blew one out in 97 too. But like, before, I mean, dude, he did it every fucking night. How do you not blow your knees out? He How did do you not have spot. a hip replacement from hitting the elbow? Yeah, you're right. He did that spot. Oh, he did that spot where he um, wrapped, like does like a stun gun where he dives over the top rope and racks the throat on the rope. I love that. And then he did that. Um, that I, I, for the love of me, I cannot remember that name of that move. Um, but when they're sitting on the ropes and he, he jumps on them, he landed right on his neck. It looked really good. Diesel Diesel did that a lot because it was a big, big man and it was made an impact. But you got to think, man, this they do very simple stuff in this match, and it still holds up today. They're not having to do 100 super kicks or Canadian destroyers or even a damn superplex. They don't need- they don't even do a superplex in this match. No suplexes. Like, maybe a back suplex. Well, you know, we discussed that earlier. But, like, it's very, very uh, elementary what they do. Yeah. And it has a crowd on the edge throw. of the seat. But, well, here's the thing, too, with this. And, and booking-wise and logic-wise, it makes sense that the match is like this. Because this is kind of like a blood feud. This isn't like a, mm-hmm. we're going to have a, go out there and have a match and entertain the crowd. I fucking don't like you because you're trying to you're trying to fucking touch my wife. Choking and you're him. Try, and you're trying to be with my wife. And Hogan's like, no, I'm not. 
And so it's become a blood feud. So it should be like this. It shouldn't be like a cookie cutter match. And it should be like a fucking war. And that's what it's been. Oh, quick question here. While uh, Hogan's struggling to get the life choked out of him. Um, Better Hebner brother, Earl or Dave? Um, I like Dave because Earl was the the uh, the one that got plastic surgery. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> really do you think up here. this feud? Do you think this feud is the inspiration for "Be a Man," Hogan? The rap song. So. I think so. Hogan sells. Oh God! Do you see him like twitching? God one, damn! Two, and he just fucking flings Savage out of it. Crowd does go nuts. It's God Hogan's damn it! I hate the fuck that they... up. Mm. Man, this this is where the they start. Hogan always kicked out of people's finishes. It's where they start the whole thing of finishes don't make you know in a match. the The most egregious of that is when he hits how many elbows on a Warrior it's WrestleMania like Seven? It's like five. And the Warrior just kicks out, hits him with a body splash, and beats him. I fucking hated it because that elbow drop was beautiful. Oh, um, I want to quote what our, our good buddy Brandon says. He goes, he hates when Hogan bleeds and it's only red. I was promised he had red, white, and blue running through his veins. It was all his lies, and Bobby Heenan was right. And we get the leg drop. One, two, <laughs> three. Hogan is champion for the third time. I give it to Savage, though. He laid there, didn't even try to kick out, didn't do the I, you know three and a half count, anything. Am I correct? Is, this is a, is it? This is no. This is his second time winning the title. This is his second time, not his third time. Yep, yep, yep. Second look, time winning the belt because they changed the belts out. Yep, because there's has, snaps. The snaps yep, are there. Them out. He's gonna put the belt on. Told so, you. This is this is technically the first time Hogan actually holds that title belt. I know he comes out with it on Saturday night's main event. Um, and like in that infamous promo where he has a picture with the old belt or he's cutting a promo with the old belt and then he comes out with the new belt. Mm-hmm. And then that shortly after that, um, they, the, the title is vacated and Savage wins it at Mania. I like that Hogan, that Savage pretty yeah. much no sold the, uh, the leg drop too. Yep. After, after the fact he did stay down long enough to make it look good. Oh, praise Jesus. Prayers, brother. Vitamins. I have my Linda. Notes. Hogan must pose. Oh, for five minutes. <laughs> he has to pose for five minutes. Yeah, well, That's we're how watching much that. Time we pretty much have him. Yeah. There is an infamous promo. Uh, I was going to add it to the podcast, but I feel like we had enough little audio added. Um, that I had not seen uh, maybe in a long time, but it's basically um, – uh, Elizabeth in the back with Gene Okerlund and Randy come, or Sherry comes back there and kind of gets in her face. And then Savage comes in and he keeps teasing. He's going to punch her. Hogan comes in, makes the save. And then Sherry holds Hogan um, and Macho hits him square in the fucking chest with a steel chair. The bump, it looks really good the way he hits him. Hogan right no sells the chin, it. Almost. H- Hogan no sells yeah, all of he's it. He's up in five seconds. Yep, and then now, uh, Savage is trying to destroy the belt, which I'm assuming is probably the old belt, the the Velcro belt. Yeah. I I have. A, do you know where that? Did they show that as like a Coliseum video exclusive, or was that like something they showed on Saturday night's main event? I'm after not sure the fact? because I think it was after the fact because 
um, the end of the clip, it shows Brother Love. So I'm assuming it was on, mm. you know, like Superstars or whatever, you know, would have been on afterwards. Um, but that, what, that's what I'm let's assuming. Let's show you what happened after the main event or something like that, probably. Yeah. Uh, like Donald Ra- Trump back there, proud of himself. Yep. After, uh, after Mania, Randy would join forces with Sherry. Hogan would have No Holds Barred come out and be a box office smash. No, it wasn't. Yeah, you're right. It was not. Dude. Savage. Hogan would start feuding with Savage, or uh, excuse me, feuding with Zeus, um, because Zeus claimed you no, know, he lost in the movie; it wasn't real, so he wanted to get his his win back in real life. Um, so they would go on to uh, have a tag match. Randy Savage and Zeus would take on Brutus the Barber Beefcake and Hulk Hogan throughout most of '89, uh, including their tag team event at SummerSlam, um, where they would be defeated um, by Hulk and and Brutus. Uh, the rivalry continued continued until the no-holds-barred pay-per-view where Hogan and Beefcake uh, would beat Zeus and Savage in a steel cage match and in the rivalry. The match. The movie. Hogan would have another. Uh, he would have a Survivor Series match and Zeus would be in that match as well. And that's the last we'd see Zeus, which uh, urban legend was Zeus was allegedly going to be in line if things went well for WrestleMania 6, which I'm glad that wasn't the case. He he was not good enough to be at WrestleMania six. No, no, we got. You want to talk about stiff, you, like a flat board in the ring that you're wrestling? Like a freaking broom would have sold better. I do like that they actually show the replay here. They don't typically do that very often uh, during this time period. Um, after the No Holds Barred cage match, Randy and Macho Man would only meet one last time uh, in a WrestleMania rematch uh, for the title on the main event three where we see Buster Douglas, who was supposed to be Mike Tyson, uh, punch punch Savage out post-match and uh, after he had slapped, uh, Savage had slapped Buster Douglas. Uh, Buster Douglas. It would have been very interesting to see Mike Tyson then instead of Buster Douglas. Very true. I think it would have made more sense, Mike Tyson, but take somebody lightly and get knocked the fuck out. That's what happens. Savage would soon become uh, Macho King, and Hogan would move onward to WrestleMania Six to battle the Warrior. And that is the Mega Powers exploding, good buddy. Mm, exploding my pants watching it. It was good. Oh yeah, it was good. The, the the build, the the, the promos. It, it was it was pretty dang good. Um, I mean, obviously they drew a packed house. They drew a fucking crazy. You know, it would last for ten years. This was you know seven hundred plus buys that's fucking nuts man well and you gotta thank wcw rode the mega powers too that what did they were what were they the mega maniacs or something in uh in wcw like so like they, they rode this and that angle through wcw like they couldn't say it was a wrestlemania main event in wcw but they definitely talked about the feud hogan and savage had in the wwf in wcw so yeah, I, I still think can't tell me like, this wasn't a as, as, as a heel and feuded him with with Hogan in 95. I think it would have been pretty good. That's just me, though. But yeah, guys, that was a fun episode. I'm glad we got to go back on memory lane and watch this one. Uh, it's weird. We keep going back like match wise. We keep going further and further back in time with each one. I do have the wheel of names up, Travis. So let's spin the wheel, make a deal. And uh, which is apropos because we're about to get NXT uh, Halloween Havoc this weekend. And let's see what the next match is going to be. Here we go. What do you think it's going to be? TNA. 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 interesting one. Be something out of left field. 
Oh, it is. Juventud oh, Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio from Big Ass Extreme Bash ECW. Oh, my God. At least it's good ECW. Fuck ECW. Just well, saying. If it was bad ECW, it wouldn't be on this show. So there's that. Well, I just watched four weeks of bad ECW preparing for Wrestling Ruin. So, God. So, yeah, guys, this match um, is going to take place, I believe, in 95? Yes, or 95. I think it's the end of 95, if I'm not badly Yes, because which is ironic because this match would actually um, give you the match we get at one night stand between um, – uh, I'm thinking Psychosis and and Ray, but Ray's little stint in ECW is you know with the match he had with Hoovy and Psychosis. So I'm really excited. Um, Bischoff would shortly come in there and steal these guys up and take them apart of uh, WCW. And I'm excited to watch this because I've uh, you know for life of me I haven't seen it in years, and I'm really excited for it. As we wind down, Travis, what you got for us, man? Uh nothing much, man. You know, just still selling stuff over there at uh, eBay at TGL the Man Twelve. You. And ready to put up a whole bunch of stuff to, uh, this weekend. So by the time you hear this, there'll be tons of new goodies up there. Been going through some stuff. Uh, um, that's really about it. Got a couple of podcasts coming up with the Wrestling Purist uh, covering WCW. We got Mayhem 2000 around the corner, followed by Starcade 2000. Yeah. And I, sh- I showed the group today. I uh, had to buy this online because it's one of the pay-per-views not on the network, but uh Millennium Final 2000. I bought a copy that of German? that. Is it German? German only. German only pay-per-view. Alex Wright is all over said pay-per-view. So um, goddamn right. I had to, I had to had to buy it just so I could say I had a uh, copy of it um, until it becomes available in the network, which probably never will. But um, that's pretty much all I got going on for right now. I mean, this pod, Wrestling Ruin, which you're probably about to cover. Uh, looking forward to getting back together and uh, – Getting on down that 95 terrain as well. Here's here's some tab. Yes, our good, buddy, our good buddy Brandon's been unavailable as he works in an, a haunted house, and it's the busiest time right now. Uh, also got drunk people um, causing trouble for them, hitting a man in the face and breaking the dude's face pretty bad. So um, hope uh, good old Johnny gets well soon. Um, but yeah, Wrestling Ruin, Jeff, definitely check us out. That's at, on the, the Project Ladder Network uh, where we go through 1995. Uh, right now, we just finished King of the Ring, and we're uh, going through June of 95. So uh, check us out at Wrestling Ruined on uh, all social media platforms and on uh, um, iTunes and Spotify. Also, guys, our uh, the show I'm involved with, NGW, we just had our Nightmare and Armory Road show. Um, pretty good show. Speedball Bailey and Facade, that match fucking ruled. Um, we got to see Dalton Castle and the boys in action. Um Pretty solid show all around. Um, definitely check it out on the High Spots Wrestling Network when you get the chance. Um, and this podcast, guys, follow us. Get us on um, uh, iTunes, uh, Spotify. Uh, definitely check us out. And that's pretty much all I got, Travis. So uh, until next week, and we'll finally get to have some ECW, So, which is kind of wild. We've had a uh, WCW match. We've had a WWF match and now an ECW match on this podcast. So, yeah, it's going to be uh, going to be pretty interesting. Until next week, I am Eddie, and this is Travis. We will see you then. <laughs>